One thing I remember is how many people were saying, finally slowing down is so nice. You remember that? You probably said that yourself. Finally slowing down and coming back, backing away from the rat race. It feels so good. I can breathe again. We actually sat at the dinner table with our family because everybody was home at the same time. Many of us stopped wearing pants that had buttons on them. Do you remember that? We even took some time to take care of the lingering projects from around the house. Did you guys get some stuff done? I mean, when I tell my wife I'm going to take care of that project for her, she doesn't need to keep reminding me every three months. I keep my promises, okay? Now fast forward to this moment. Has your life become busy again? Have we re-entered the rat race? (laughs) The normalcy, the busyness, the scheduling, it's all returned. And we may have found this to be true. When our pace increases, our peace decreases. When our pace increases, our peace decreases and we become desperate for relief and we fail to find rest and my hope for all of us today and we're, we're going to jump into in just a second is that we can grab onto a very real promise in scripture about finding rest and so we're going to jump in and we're going to take a look at this promise and it's found in the book of Matthew chapter 11 it's on the screen if you're following along on the app it's there if you brought a physical copy of the scriptures open it up to Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says come to me this is Jesus come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Anybody feel burdened? You got anything weighing down on you? You see, Jesus invites us to come and to rest. That's such an important part of life. Jesus offering rest in exchange for the weariness and the burden we find ourselves under. I want in on that deal. I want to be able to rest. I want to give away the things that weigh on me. So the invitation here is to learn from Jesus. You see, he says, take up my yoke. I think we have a picture of a yoke. He says, take up my yoke, not yolk. (laughs) Yoke, which is different. Why the strange illustration, Jesus? Remember, this was a farming culture. This is 2,000 years ago. In the the Middle East, this was a farming culture. And so when Jesus told stories and gave illustrations, and he used farming um, um, examples, his audience would have really connected with what he was saying because many of them were in agriculture, were in farming. A yoke is a farming tool to keep oxen together. While they're plowing a field or pulling a wagon, it keeps them in pace. It does two things, really. It sets the pace for both animals. One can't run ahead. More importantly, one can't fall behind because they're in step with each other. 
And secondly, it distributes the weight of the load that they're trying to pull, meaning that you don't have to pull this thing yourself. There's actually a partner to help pull this load along with you. It makes it easier. So what is Jesus saying with this yoke illustration? He said, hey, come yoke up with me. In other words, get into stride, stay in pace with me, and in doing that, I'll help you to find rest. Come walk shoulder to shoulder. I'm going to teach you what it's like to walk at my pace. He's saying, do you have difficulty in your life? I'm going to help you carry that. Maybe it's a burden of a job or perhaps an overwhelming boss. Anybody got one of those? Careful, they might be sitting behind you. She went like this. (laughs) Or maybe the stress of your finances. Or perhaps it's a challenge that you're facing at home. Jesus is saying, I want to walk beside you. I want to come up under those burdens and help to carry some of that weight. So here's two quick questions. One, what is it that has been weighing on you and you've been trying to carry it alone? Jesus wants to help you in that. Quick aside, at the end of this message, we're going to have a moment of response. One of the things that we're going to be offering is a time to receive prayer. We have a great prayer team. There's a sign right there. It says, receive prayer here. And during that last song, I'm going to invite you, if you need prayer for something in your life, to stand up out of your chair and to go over and to receive some prayer. And a few other things that I'm going to explain in just a moment. But you don't have to do this alone. We have a prayer team who would like to join you with whatever you're facing. And the second thing is, at whose pace have you been living at? What have you been trying to keep up with? Is it your pace? Is it your boss's pace? Or is it the pace of Jesus? And Jesus invites us into a sustainable pace and rhythm of work and rest. You see, sometimes, um, any workaholics in the room? I'm a recovering workaholic. If you ask my wife, she will say, you haven't recovered. Um, but some of us, we like to work, and we like to stay busy, and maybe, I don't know, we're staying away from our feelings or other things. I'm, I'm not sure. I need to explore that more. But if you're like me, and you like to work and stay busy, that can actually be very damaging, not only to ourselves, but to the people who surround us. You see, we're supposed to work, and we're supposed to produce. That's good. But we're also supposed to rest and recover. And when we stop recovering, it leads us to burnout. So rhythms of producing and resting and recovering. And also, don't forget this part, enjoying. It's okay for you to spend some time enjoying the fruits of your labor as well. That sounds good. We need to, we need to dive into this. Um, here's another way to understand this. Jesus shows his grace with an invitation to match his pace. So with Jesus, we don't have to strive. We don't have to prove anything. We can rest in his grace. Rest for our weary souls that have been striving to be good enough. King David wrote about this. I'm going to read something from Psalms. This is the Old Testament. He said, truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he's my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I will never be shaken. Are we trusting in Jesus 
for our eternity. And that's one of the major differences between um, the teachings of Jesus and other world religions. Other world religions would teach that you have to earn this. If you're not good enough, you're not going to make it. Whereas Jesus' teachings would say, guess what? You're not good enough. I'm sorry you didn't make it. Oh, but by the way, I am good enough. And because I am, I'm giving it to you freely. That's the teaching of Jesus. And that's the major difference in the teachings of Jesus and almost every other world religion. You can't earn it, but Jesus offers to give it to you and to me free of charge. All we do is receive it. And that's a beautiful thing. That's called grace. All right, the second invitation I want to look at It works in tandem with Jesus' invitation to give us rest, and it's this. Jesus invites us to come and be filled. To be filled. John 10.10, I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. What does Jesus want you to be full of? Probably not what many of us are full of right now. (laughs) What does Jesus want you to be full of? He actually wants you to be full of spiritual fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is what it's called in Scripture. Jesus wants us to be full and producing the fruit of the Spirit. Let me read the fruit of the Spirit to you. It's found in the book of Galatians chapter 5. And it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. In other words, when we're walking in pace with Jesus, when we are listening and obeying, this is what starts to grow out of our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. Don't ever pray for that. You're going to have to do it. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, the thing about fruit is it's always for other people. Think about a tree. Does a tree ever eat its own fruit? I have not seen that yet. A tree produces fruit for the nourishment and the health and the good of others. The fruit coming out of your life ought to be for the good of others. And wouldn't you want the people who surround you to have some of this fruit of the Spirit coming out of their life? Wouldn't you want the people around you to be more patient, have more self-control, be more faithful? Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that make your life better if the people who surround you had the fruit of the Spirit? And it's true, everyone who surrounds you would like the same from you as well. Ask your spouse if they'd appreciate a little more gentleness from you you can ask them she said yeah okay (laughs) ask your kids if they could appreciate a little more kindness from you that's the fruit of the spirit ask your co-workers if they'd like for you to be a little more joyful when you're at work grumpy pants when we're filled with Jesus and the Holy Spirit The goodness that's growing within us begins to pour out. Again, that word overflow, it's flowing out of us and it benefits the people around us, the ones we live with. And every day as we grow a little more, we're living a little more like Jesus would be living if he were here in your shoes today. If Jesus were here in your shoes today, if he had your life, the way he would be living is our goal What we're trying to 
grow into. We're trying to be just a little bit more like Jesus every day, a little bit more loving, kind, gentle, forgiving, generous, all of those things. So Jesus fills my life with more than I need so I can share with those who are in need. That's where the overflow part comes in. Jesus wants you to be with him so that he can pour into you and you start developing spiritual fruit and starts coming out for the benefit of other people. That's the overflow. He's giving you more than you need. Your cup is full and it benefits others who are in need. Jesus will give you more than you need so you can share with those who are, are in need. That is the overflow. Ephesians 5.15, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit point of clarity that scripture did not say don't drink wine aka mimosas next week (laughs) it did say don't be drunk with wine aka not five mimosas next week (laughs) it says don't be drunk with wine but it didn't say anything about beer no I'm I'm joking I'm joking It says don't be drunk. Paul makes a really interesting uh, comparison here between the effects of being drunk and also living and walking in the Holy Spirit. When someone is drunk, that's referred to being under the influence. You've been arrested. Something is influencing the way that you behave. What kind of things happen when people are drunk? Stupid things happen. Stupid things happen when people get drunk. You know, like half the videos on YouTube of stupid things happening usually start with people saying, hold my beer. (laughs) Watch this. Watch this. When you're under the influence of alcohol, you think differently, you talk differently, and you behave differently. So don't be drunk this scripture saying don't be drunk because you're gonna do stupid things and it might ruin your life Paul's saying here there's a better way to live than being drunk and out of control all the time and that is being filled with the Holy Spirit which causes us to think differently talk differently and behave differently when Paul says be filled with the Holy Spirit that part of the verse it's in present tense That means we need a continual feeling. It's not a one-time thing. And that is my hope every time we gather like this at church is that we would be filled with the Spirit through worship, through reading the Scripture, through being together, that we would be filled enough to last through this next and coming week and all the problems that we're going to face. But can we be filled up to the point of overflowing while we're here and then take that and pour it out to others all week long? And then we come back and we refill. And you don't have to only come here to be, you can refill yourself at home through listening to worship music or through reading the scripture or spending time in meditation, listening to to the voice of God and prayer, speaking to God. You can do that here. 
You can do that at home. You can do that wherever you are. It's a continual ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like driving a car. Whether it's gas or electric, what will you eventually have to do? Refuel or recharge. We need to refuel and recharge spiritually as well. Because if we don't, we'll be left on empty. And when we're left on empty, we have nothing to offer. That is the Spirit's work in our life. It's to fill us up to the point of overflowing so that we become spiritually healthy and then can give that away to the people who surround us. I want to invite the band to come back up right now. In this next moment, I'm extending an invitation to everyone here. An invitation to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. And here's what I've realized over the years. Sometimes doing something physical helps us to connect with something spiritual. Sometimes when we do something physical, it actually helps our brain connect to our heart and connect to something spiritual. So as the band prepares to sing another song, I want us to spend a moment, about four or five minutes, connecting with God, connecting to the Holy Spirit. And here's a couple ways I'm going to invite you to do that. This will be uh, us doing something together. One of those things is through the act of communion. Communion is a remembrance of what Jesus did to us. I'm going to explain a little bit more on that in just a second. But in the back of the room, there's a couple whiskey barrels with communion on them. And so while the song plays, I'm going to invite one of the things you can do is to stand up and walk back there and receive communion. Another thing I'm going to invite you to do is to receive prayer, as I mentioned a little while ago. Our prayer team is right over here on my left. And if you have something you need prayer for, don't don't fight that battle alone. Scripture says prayer is powerful. It makes things happen. Receive prayer from our prayer team. So again, during the song, you would stand up, walk over, and receive some prayer. And then the third thing I'm inviting you to do, also in the back of the room on that glass door, there's some sticky notes and some pens, is to write down something you'd like to leave behind today. Something maybe that's weighing on you mentally or spiritually, or maybe it's something that you're struggling with physically. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's just a big problem that you're facing. Maybe it's something you've been worrying about. And write down what you would like the Holy Spirit to come beside and help carry the weight of. And then slap that sticky note up on that window. So as this song plays, I'm inviting you to stand to move through the room, to reconnect, to refill yourself with the power of the Holy Spirit. And just a little bit more on communion. Communion is the ritual Jesus gave us to remember him. And the night before he was crucified, he was having dinner with his friends and he, he gave this ritual that involved food and involved bread and wine. And the bread, he said, would represent his body that would be broken. 
and the wine would represent his blood that would be shed for the forgiveness of sin. And as we eat the bread and we drink the cup, we remember Jesus, but we also receive that forgiveness upon ourselves. And we leave forgiven and free. It doesn't matter if you feel forgiven, you are. And sometimes it's that faith to believe that Jesus is more powerful than your sin and he can forgive you over and over and over again. And that ritual of communion is remembering that Jesus has the power over sin in my life and in yours. So I invite you to stand with me. I'm gonna say a prayer and then we'll enter this moment of worship. Jesus, thank you for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you for the interaction you offer. Thank you for the guidance that you offer. Thank you for the forgiveness that you offer over and over again to us. And in this moment, Holy Spirit, would you fill us up with your love, with your peace, with your patience, with your kindness, with your goodness, with your self-control. God, fill us up with everything that you are so that we might give that all away this week. I pray in the name of Jesus, amen.